Hello, Internet, and welcome to the trans- another ep- exciting episode of the Transatlantic Podcast, the podcast in which we discuss transgender topics from across the pond from each other. Um, my name is Kat, and I'm a British trans woman from Britain and England, and that sort of thing, that general area. Um, yeah. Hi, 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 Lux. Who are you? I- <laughs> hi. <laughs> I'm Lux or Luxander. I am I am a transmasculine, genderqueerish person from from the America, from the Kansas area, to be specific. <laughs> since we're getting all I specific like, this time, I like this new intro. I think it could work every yeah. time. Just make it more <laughs> awkward every time, and it'll be great. <laughs> and my exact GPU <laughs> satellite coordinates are <laughs> <laughs> this latitude and this longitude. Yeah, you can find, find me, me on there. Google Maps. <laughs> this is my favorite pub. <laughs> you would see all the rats around my house. Oh, oh you're really nice. I'm right next to the hospital as well, so if you you know, if you get hurt, you're in the area. Go give me a call. Call me. That's that's how I get all of the ladies. Have you seen the new Google um, Earth stuff? No, what have they done? It's just really incredibly detailed. I, I was watching some YouTuber talk about how he was browsing through it, and he could literally see his patio furniture on, oh, like, wow. the back deck of his house. Yeah. Satellite That's imaging. Big, it's a bit worrying. It is. A little bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at places around the world when um, my Japanese friend was in the country, and we were, like, looking at places in Japan. She was telling me we were really nice. And occasionally you get one, the photography's just got a bit weird because, you know, they take multiple photos. And you get, like, fucking a torso, just, like, in midair. <laughs> like, <laughs> those are my favorites. Just the fucking <laughs> body uh, sliding people. Oh, yeah, that's definitely fun. Or, like, the yeah. cars who travel, like, along with you. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the Google car. <laughs> I love the Google car. <laughs> self-driving creepzoid all up in your neighborhoods. <laughs> I really want the self-driving cars, though, because I can't drive. I failed my test four times. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. How do you... How? They kept telling me I was going to pass the next time because I was perfectly competent, but I just kept making dumb mistake every time. And then it's like, it's 100 quid a pop, so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this for a while. That's fair. And like, yeah. And I don't really have much reason to because there's... A, I mean, the trains in this country are fucking terrible. But yeah. Hi, hi everyone. We're <laughs> trans people. Um, we have, we have genders and gender issues and we're going to help you solve your genders and, um, like the quadratic equations that they are. (laughs) Solve X for dysphoria. Uh, we were actually going to talk about like clothes and shit. Yeah. (laughs) And changing wardrobes and things like that. Um, so... I guess we should probably drift off from Google Earth and stuff. And they're like, well, there are clothes on Google Earth. It's relevant. It's Google relevant. can see what you're wearing. It's like a really horny computer. Like if Skynet was just like wearing you like a hot bikini and it's like looking at you through your window going like, hey girl, what's your two today? <laughs> okay, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I d- <laughs> My filter is almost gone, as you can probably tell. Um, it's getting quite late. Yeah, it is. 
So I don't know if you like had like if you transitioned your clothes with your like transition or like whether you were sort of doing that before. I knew you didn't. You were like the thing is, I guess like because like a lot of men's clothes is basically unisex at this point in our society. I don't know if that reflects your experiences. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it there is definitely in the West in general. So like both of our areas, this general like thing where it's okay for women to wear more masculine clothing versus like it being a horrible thing if you are a man or a masculine person and you wear typically feminine coated clothing. So I actually did dress relatively femininely for a decent portion of my life. Like not only the time before I realized I was trans, but I still I still even today wear feminine clothing occasionally, but generally my style before would be like cargo shorts which you know that transitioned along with me and then usually I would get like you know the sort of form-fitting t-shirts um yeah with the like shoulders that are ridiculously so so small that I can't continue to wear them even if I Mm. wanted to um and then I've always had a thing for long stockings like long stripy socks And that is definitely something that's feminine coded, but that I have not stopped doing. In fact, I may have started accumulating more of that stuff after like starting hormonal transition. But my, my wardrobe, it did change, but only in as much as I added things to it, which was mostly like adding baggier clothing Hmm. So I, yeah, I've not got any of those knee long. I need to get some long socks, I suppose. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Relaxing. They're very I feel sexy. Like I f- yeah, I can imagine. And <laughs> um, they're like you know, like I think that's that's um, interesting. You know, with the with the fem- with the like the female tops are always super tight. A lot of those ones, mm. like any like band or like nerd nerd um, gear for women, it seems to like go really trend to be really fucking small. Whereas like the same thing in men's is super baggy. Like when I go to Forbidden Planet and stuff, which is the like the basically comic cha- comic shop chain in the UK, like if you get them like a men's clothes or something, it's always like super baggy and it fits you all well. You can just wear it on any off day. But like you get a women's large and it's like fucking the tightest shit I've ever worn. Like I got in like an Assassin's Creed black flag one because because I did. Yeah. And like it's like it's still like one of the tightest things I wear. I mean, it's my boobs look huge because that's how tight it is. But like apart from that, it was the fairly uncomfortable in a lot of ways. I mean, um, they're designed for yeah. the boobs, so, like, they have to, like, I don't know, the, the way that they design women's shirts is, like, okay, your shoulders clearly cannot be more than this amount wide, and then you have tits, and then your figure goes back to being skinny after the boobs. Mm. And that's kind of how that, so it actually, like, I can't wear a lot of that stuff anymore, not only because... It's, like, too small in the shoulders, but because it's yeah. designed for tits, like, even if I'm binding, there's, like, this rumple that, like, yeah. I know my binder is not hiding things, if that makes sense. We had um, this thing when, um, with my, with when I was still presenting my own stuff, and we talk about this, like, one of my friends, like, sometimes he'd turn up in um, one of his sister's shirts, sort of by because they all sort of look the same in the washing. Mm-hmm. And you can really tell because it's like this massive boob space in the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a thing that happens. It's really weird. Yeah. I, I feel like with the graduate, the, like the, the thing is you, you do add to it. 
and I feel like that's sort of like how I sort of initially set off to like doing it. I thought, oh, I'll just add certain pieces and like I'll just like phase it in and I'll wear bits on and bits off. But eventually I just found like I wasn't wearing any of the do clothing anymore and it was just sort of sitting there. And like I'm really hesitant to throw stuff out usually, but at some point my mum was like, you're going to chuck that stuff away? And I was like, okay, yeah. And I went out with a bin bag where, like, and like I left with it full to the brim. Like all this stuff that I loved for years, like some of the stuff I'd had for like 10 years, but oh, I just yeah. like didn't use it anymore. I don't know if it's just because like a lot of women's clothes is like a lot, well, actually in my opinion, a lot, a lot more comfortable. Like some of that, like the higher end stuff, especially like it's all more soft and stretchy and things like that. And like a lot of the men's stuff, like especially the stuff that I'd accumulated at the years, it was either button ups which I like, but I don't, they don't really fit me anymore, so I can't really get away with them. Mm. And, like, big baggy T-shirts from when I was, like, super fat. <laughs> when I didn't care about my body, I'd wear them all the time. because like, you don't care. You're not, you're not going out to look nice. You're just going to put something on. But now I want something that actually, like, I can look in the mirror and not think, uh, because, like, I'm trying to present. Like, now I'm starting to be more comfortable with myself. I want to be comfortable in every aspect. But maybe that's just me and being a bit of vain. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily vanity. I mean, it's a pretty common thing that people yeah. want to look good when they go out in public. And I think it's, in a lot of ways, a sign of depression if you just give zero fucks. So, like, my entire transition has been plagued with also my depression, which we've spoken about in previous episodes. Mm. So, yeah, like, I used to... Like, there was definitely a phase of time where I did not care what I looked like that I literally, there was one time I had these really, really torn up trip pants that yeah. may have actually been my partners that I just started wearing because they were so torn up that he wasn't wearing them anymore. And like, I went to school one day with my pajama pants on underneath these torn up trip pants and like a really baggy hoodie. Like I was like, I look like trash and I don't fucking care. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have to care. Like, like you said, um, or like we were discussing earlier, the, Feminine coated clothing on men is way different than male coated clothing on women or people perceived to be women. So, yeah, I, I have also, though, noticed that I don't wear a lot of the clothes that would be considered feminine, but I still do just often enough that I'm not comfortable getting rid of any of it. Yeah. Which is weird, I guess. I also don't know where I would give it to because I don't want to take anything to the goodwill because I know that they don't pay their disabled employees very well and like so I have ethical reasons for not wanting to contribute to their profit margins there so are probably I, the other trans people you could give it to that's yeah that's the next thing I would I would just have to be like hey is there anybody in my area who wants to raid my closet like I'm a very tiny person so I hope that you're tiny as well <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you post anything like that on like ask transgender someone's gonna like swallow it up like straight away Probably. I just don't necessarily want to ship things anywhere. And like I said, I still wear them, like, just often enough to warrant keeping. Or one of them was, like, a bridesmaid's dress that I wore to a wedding. Like, I wore to two different weddings, and so I keep that. Yeah. I don't know. Did you, um, did you get, like, nervous going to the shops and stuff? Because I know, like, obviously, like, the men's clothing is more unisex. But, like, I know a lot of people, like, and I did as well, like, going to buy clothes for, like, your gender it can be like a really harrowing experience at first, especially when you don't pass and you're sort of going in and you're like hunting around like, Oh, will anyone see me? What will they think? Can I say I'm buying for my girlfriend? You know, like, and like, especially because if you've got to fit it on, 
like what will people think? I mean, most people don't care. And the reality of it, a lot, a lot of these situations is that most people just don't give a shit and they'll let you get on, but they also want to get on with the day. But like, is that, was that the same for you? I did not really have, uh, I, I didn't really have to go buy new clothes because I, I yeah. had already a decent enough repertoire of, baggy shirts like I'm all I'm all about like nerdy t-shirts like I've got Doctor Who shirts and like fucking I bought a Markiplier shirt and all this so I didn't have to do a whole lot of actual shopping plus I was like 15 when I did my like social and wardrobe transition but mm-hmm. I was fortunate at the time to be dating a guy who had a bunch of old t-shirts and pairs of pants that he didn't want anymore so like it was like during me dating him that I really came out and started wanting to socially transition so I still have shirts that I got from him so that was like a small expansion of my wardrobe and it was it was like five or six shirts so that's an entire week's worth of shirts if yeah. you you know wear a different one every day like you ought to if you stink really bad uh, <laughs> which didn't used to be an issue for me but it is now yeah <laughs> having like a long t- like a, a like a long term relationship or like a close friend I think is a really good uh, well, that's like a good idea. You can't help who you're close to. But, like, a really, like, kind of a blessing in a lot of these situations. Like, I got a lot of my early makeup from my then-girlfriend who just, like, she gave me a bunch of stuff and, like, just sort of really gets you started because, like, at the beginning, you don't want to go and you don't want to buy all this stuff, especially because you're going to be nervous and you don't know what they're going to think. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a valuable resource to know just, like, cis people who are your friends who need to get rid of some of their shit or other trans people can sometimes like uh, binders for one example in 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 this vein uh i used to have well i had two and then i got rid of one and then i had one and then i bought a new one and now i have two again but the first one that i ever had i ended up just sending it to someone who needed a binder even though it was like used a little bit you know it, it was a little worse for the wear but it's a very, very valuable resource to have binders to pass along because uh, hormonal changes will, like, change the shape and size of your chest. So you yeah. end up with these binders that are too big, and you can give them to people who haven't started hormones yet or something to that yeah. effect. This is the other thing I was going to bring up is that, like, sort of buying clothes yourself during transition is sort of like buying clothes for, like, a baby. Like... <laughs> You can constantly growing out of this shit and like buying new ones. Yeah, like you, you try, you got it's yeah, it's a little not only like buying clothes for a baby, but a pregnant person too. Like yeah. you gradually get bigger, and you're like, none of my fucking pants fit. And then you get the <laughs> pants with the really nice gigantic elastic thing, and then after you're done being pregnant, like there's just no purpose to them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Like, the, cur- the shirt I'm currently wearing, like, I know that, like, the flannel I get. Because when, like, I, when I first started wearing girl clothing, I went full gay. I got, like, a bunch of flannel tops that either, like, don't fit anymore or just starting to. And this one is so fucking tight. And, like, it's not just because, like, it has shrunk at the wash of it, but also, like, like my boobs are kind of bursting out of it, and I didn't expect that to happen. Um, I need a new bra thing as well. That's a big problem. Because they're so expensive. Oh, God, yeah, They're really, they really expensive. Like, the first time I went in there, I got it fitted, like, a year ago. And, like, it cost me, like, a fa- like I got it fairly cheap for what it is. But, like, I don't want to keep buying, like, a bunch of these things and then, like, having to, like, go back and change them again. And you can never tell how fast those fuckers are going to grow. 
because you're going through puberty again and you never know you're gonna like get like you spend a hundred quid on like new bras and stuff and they're gonna have a fucking growth spurt (laughs) it's gonna go completely wrong do you think sports bras are a reasonable uh sort of middle ground like until you know exactly how big your chest is going to get like sports bras are a lot cheaper and there's a little bit more flexibility to them it depends what you want out of it, I suppose. Because part of it, like, I don't just want something that, like, makes my boobs not look just, like, fucking pointy. Which yeah. is the reason I got them in the first place. But, like, to sort of make them, like... So the shape is the big concern, I think, for me. And those with sports bras, it sort of compresses them. And I don't want to compress them. I'm proud of having them. But, like, I do need to not have my nipples just pointing out fucking straight forwards. Yeah. Like, not rubbing on your clothing and stuff like that if they're sensitive and things like that. But for a lot of people, I think it does. And for people especially who want to hide their breast growth, like, and not, like, make a big deal out of the fact they're transitioning. I feel like a lot of these people do sports bras and stuff to sort of just go at your own pace as far as it goes. Because some people, like, it, it grows faster than you're expecting, I suppose. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done that experience, but it seems from Reddit and stuff that that's happening. Um... But yeah, it's it's a, it's good. I mean, I started off basically with a sport with two sports bras, just so I had them. Mm-hmm. But I've not really taken advantage of them mainly because I've just avoided the gym and stuff because fuck trying to go into a gender changing room right now. Yeah. <laughs> there might be cubicles, but I don't really want to risk it until I know for sure. That's totally. But fair. um, yeah. But with like the nerves thing, like obviously a lot of people don't care, and it's but it's going to be horrible for a while for a lot of people, especially if you have anxiety about that sort of thing. Um, it's a good way to set off social anxiety and things like that, especially because you're worried everyone's watching you. Like, I still have that. Like, I sometimes go into clothing stores and I'm to get really nervous about trying on the women's clothes and buying the women's clothes, even though I pass, like, most of the time. And it's one of these things, it's sort of like, I don't know if we've talked about it before, I think we did, when you just kind of go around the street and there's always a part of you that's thinking, who knows, does anyone around here know that I'm trans? And it's sort of, that's, that seems to be amplifying me a bit when I'm buying clothing. Um, but a lot of that's because like jet female co- clothing is so coded, it's so gender coded. Like most men can't don't buy it for themselves. Yeah, it carries. Um, I mean, it's the same thing as like if you're a trans man who passes for the most part, but still needs to buy hygiene products. Yeah. Like, it can be really, you gotta be like, mm, that's in front of my girlfriend. Like, I, I, <laughs> I completely understand from that standpoint yeah. how it can be really awkward. <laughs> Do you all um, over there have any any place that is open, like, 24 hours? Like, have you got Walmarts that are 24-hour? We don't have Walmart. We asked is owned by Walmart now, which is a big disappointment to me. But um, there, are, there are 24-hour supermarkets and stuff, but, like, they don't, they're not 24 hours on a Sunday, yeah, well, or a yeah. Saturday, but like, well, I don't know. I don't know what the laws are like over there. But like, they're they're twenty four hour for the most part, yeah. And you can go in there. And I used to go there late at night and buy clothes, like two a.m. and things like that. Yeah, that that was basically what I was driving toward. Like, if you if you have anxiety, you might as well go when there's most people are not awake or shopping. Like, we've got two WalMarts here in my town, and they're both twenty four hour WalMarts, and they both have pretty big clothing sections and uh, our target isn't open as much but it, it's also like target you, you know that target in and of itself is a progressive company so they probably the, tri- the public image is shit. progressive i don't know what the actual people are like yeah well, i mean i've seen some news things about like 
them defending, like, store owners defending their individual store's decision to allow people to use the right bathroom and, like, yeah. them standing up against the the people who are opposed to that and basically being like, well, fucking tough shit. Like, that's how we run our business now. Yeah, it's really good. And more corporations should do that. I guess I was just sort of sound cynical because I'm like a filthy, filthy socialist and like I don't trust big corporations because I'm a bit paranoid about it. Oh, them. I don't either. I'm not saying that you should either. I'm just saying that. I know. <laughs> but like, yeah, I would go in there like, I still kind of do it sometimes and like not so much anymore because I've recognized the clothing there is kind of shit. But like go in there like an Asda, like, like I have one like right next to my parents' house, like super, super close. So like I go there like, if I'm feeling a bit dysphoric or something, I go there like 2 a.m., go get some nice clothes. Occasionally you'll get some weird people that have just gone there and they're chatting to their friends in their clothes aisle at 3 a.m., like not even drunk. I'm like, why are you here? But (laughs) for the most part, it's usually empty and it's a good opportunity, especially earlier in transition where you don't want to buy, like, where you're not really bothered about buying stuff that's going to last for years because it's going to not fit you in a few months anyway. Mm -hmm. I would recommend thrift shopping, honestly. It's... Mm. I mean, if you're thrift shopping in the first place, you can, you, you, weird people go thrift shopping. So people who are <laughs> employees of those stores, they already know that people will buy weird shit. So it's not like super out of the ordinary. And especially if you get like a mixture of different clothing, like you grab some cargo shorts and then you also grab a skirt and then you grab like a femi top, but also like some baggy band t-shirt and like just all of it together could be for fucking anything. They don't know. Yeah. And, and I think most, most of those employees... dollars They've been expecting just Eddie Izzard on Noel Fielding talking there at any moment. So, I'll <laughs> fucking... Oh, I love it. In his skirt and, like, a long top. <laughs> I mean, Macklemore goes there, so, you know, now it's trendy. But, like... Oh, God. <laughs> I always forget that he exists. He wears your granddad's clothes, though. He looks incredible. What didn't that's, he didn't that, isn't he the straight guy the, who made a song about being song. a gay? Yeah. Yeah. He like he, he's just trying to be gay friendly. Okay, I know nothing about him but beyond that. <laughs> I'm like he's he's a rapper. He is white, I think. He is white. And he wears big coats. He did that song about the thrift shops. Okay, I didn't know you did a song about thrift shops. So Oh, then that whole joke was lost on you. I'm very sorry yep. about that. Woo! It was excellent with context. Right over my head. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. It's not a very good song. Although <laughs> I, 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 don't, don't get into it now because then we'll have the whole moment I had like two, uh, two years ago when one of, my, one of my housemates in Bristol heard the song two years too late and started singing it all the time like it was new. Oh, I have yeah. to fucking sit there pretending it was new to me. <laughs> it's like introducing new people, or, yeah, like introducing new people to, like, a cult classic, like Fight Club. Yeah. Like, introducing one of your good friends to Fight Club, and they've never seen it before, and they're like, holy shit, this is amazing, like, 12 years late. <laughs> I've not seen Fight Club. It's okay. <laughs> it's not, like, the penultimate of filmmaking it's I just... was like that with Alien, though. When I saw Alien a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, God, why isn't everyone talking about this? Everyone's fucking talking about it. Everyone's but, like, 20 about years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> We've all been that at some point, I suppose. Everybody's got that show or something where you bring it up and somebody's like, I haven't seen that. And you're like, you have fucking what? Yeah, I've stopped doing that cause, like, because like, I know I haven't seen so many things and, like, the stuff that I like that I just... 
I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not going to expect anyone to watch that shit. Like, everyone should watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I'm just going to put that out there. If everyone that hasn't, just watch it. It's so good. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Is that a series? It is a series. It's real good. It's like a cringe comedy musical about mental health. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I like it. I don't know if you like it, but I love it. Like, in the series, you're starting to get obsessed with it. Um, but yeah, I try not to freak uh, out at people who haven't seen things, because I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of shit either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel I feel that's a danger with sort of going out and buying a new wardrobe. That you have this image in your head that's just not going to work because you haven't grown up and you haven't learned how to sort of dress yourself. I feel like, like a lot of people, I think people get accused, but a lot of older transitions get accused of this sort of like dressing too young, and sort of like people come out they're like fifty or sixty and they're dressing like a fourteen year old, and that can happen the other way around too. And there's nothing wrong with like we're looking a bit dumpy, but I feel like for a lot of people they sort of get a lot of shit for it. And it's best not to get harassed. So I'd say if you can help it, don't dress in like boob tube and miniskirt if you're 60 and just stuff like that. Maybe best to avoid that. I mean, I I get where you're coming from on that. And I respect that. For safety. but Yeah, I respect that you, you have a more uh, in touch opinion on it. But I, I also I understand. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying you're a trans woman and I'm not going to try to speak over that experience. But my understanding yeah. is that a lot of trans women go, like, when they first, like, start their social transition and they start playing with, uh, like, makeup and wigs and nail polish and stuff like that, like, a lot of it is catching up on a girlhood that they didn't have. Yeah. So a lot of the time it is a short-lived phase, but it's a sort of necessary phase to feel like you've gone through a girlhood of some kind to a lot of people. I agree to it to an extent, but I feel like at some point you are making yourself a target, and you have to kind of balance that. It's between like like satisfying your dysphoria and then like avoiding like getting dysphoria again or getting attacked again, which is not good. Um, for the most part, like like most clothes, like fairly age neutral, but there are certain things that will sort of get people to look twice at you. Um, I guess that's a lot of people like people like get weird about like drag queens and stuff because like if you're wearing super super heavy makeup, like if you've overdone it on the blusher and stuff like and um, the eyeshadow and stuff like that. Um, people are super sexist, so they look at someone with like really heavy makeup and think they're either a drag queen or a prostitute because people are awful and they can't just think that someone just put on a lot of makeup as they like it. Um, but it depends where you are as well. But there's a safe, there's a safety note here. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a, uh, it's even there's even a little bit of that present for trans men. It te- it depends. Uh, but I, I definitely, I know two trans men who are currently homeless in California, and they they both regularly, like, shave their heads and then, you know, dress relatively masculinely, and they aren't always very clean because they're homeless. So yeah. they experience gendered harassment because they present themselves masculinely, which yeah. they, they both just started testosterone, like, in this past week or two, mm. two weeks. And I'm like so happy for them because they're going to be so much happier. <laughs> yeah. But it is dangerous. Yeah, like te- how hard is it for, to get testosterone to homeless people? I really don't know how they're going about it. I think that they found a clinic of some kind. They have like semi-stable living situation and like semi-stable access to food. Uh, and California as everyone knows around the world is like the liberal bastion in the United States. 
So I imagine that they have more informed consent clinics and more access and sliding scales for people without income or who have very low income. Yeah. But Even you have after to be, like, was in. dead poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's fairly difficult. I mean, being homeless is awful anyway. Being homeless and LGBT is, again, really, really difficult. That's why a lot of people get into prostitution and things like that, because they're just desperate. Um, I had I have notes that I made. I put them down in my book. Um, I think I blasted through them again because I'm an idiot and I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> Is there anything that we can expand upon further? I've got I've written imposter syndrome with a bullet point. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't know if that's a talking point or just like a thing that happens. No, I, I, that's definitely a talking point. Like. Imposter syndrome typically refers to feeling as though you don't have the skills required to be in the position that you're in or something to that effect. But I definitely think that it has applications in in the trans experience because, re- like, literally, particularly if you are, like, someone with heavy testosterone poisoning and you're trying to buy feminine clothing, it... You, you, I can really see how you might feel like you're an imposter, or if, especially if you go into a shop that's particularly women's clothes, which I, I don't imagine many people do. They would, I assume that people would go to a place where there's like a department of clothing for many people. But here in Lawrence, there's places downtown even that have like clothing almost exclusively for women, and going into a shop like that would be even more so of, like, I, I really shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. In this country, a lot of the women's the women's clothes are on one floor and the men's are on the other, so it's very obvious which gender clothing you're going for. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing. Honestly, like, a lot of it's like, to do with, like, confidence in your body and passing. I feel like if I'm having, like, a really good day, it's a lot easier. But, like, I'm still always very conscious when I'm buying female clothing, especially if I don't look great that day. That, like, I still have some facial care that needs cleaning up. And that, like, especially if I'm not wearing makeup, like, I get weird that people notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, my shoulders are quite broad, even though, like, the muscle's gone down there. They're not the smallest shoulders in the world. And, like, I'm always going to be a bit weird about that. I know other women, I know women have, so a lot of women have broad shoulders, too. But I don't like my shoulders, just as how it is. And um, things like that. So there's always the stuff that you know, you know what parts of you, a lot of the time, others is the stuff that's kind of incongruent with your identity. And, like, I feel like it just you, sometimes you become hyper-aware of that. And it's easy to feel like a fake, especially if you're, like, in a changing room. And, like, you take your clothes off to get changed, and you look yourself in the mirror, and you just don't see yourself. You see, like, the gender you, you the society's trying to push you into. And that's a lot very easy at that point, I think, to, to look and say, what am I doing here? I don't deserve this. And I feel like that goes away with more with time on hormones, but it's still difficult. And I think some all of us sometimes have days where we just don't feel like we deserve to be where we are. And maybe that's a mental health thing. Maybe it's a trans thing. Maybe it's just the certain, the, the nooks and crannies of the way my brain works after like, like a lifetime of sort of um, suppressing trans stuff and bullying and being naturally sort of a kind of like anxious kind of person. <laughs> well, I but, mean, yeah. it's totally a realistic thing. Uh, not necessarily, that, that that you just explained the feeling in yourself like you ought not to be there is like some confusing mixture of like internalized transphobia and self-gaslighting 
Yes. Yes. Just, like, I, I don't know if the people know what gaslighting is, but it's when, like, someone tries to undermine your view of your own, like, reality by telling you that something didn't happen or it didn't happen this way. Uh, and, and trans people particularly are, like, far and beyond our victims of gaslight. Like, I'm sure that the percentages are incredibly high. Like, tr- like cis women get gaslit a lot, and other, like, even men get gaslit in relationships and among their friendships and stuff like that, but particularly trans people, it's this, like, self-flagellation, like, we've not done something to deserve it or something like that. And it's hard to quantify, and it's hard to get past that when you have an entire society that you grew up in that tells you that you're a freak. Yeah. I did that a lot with myself with, like, sort of my name change and stuff. Like, when my best friend at some point was, like, it was kind of like he at some point was just like he was surprised that people were still calling me by my old name at some point and the whole thing's like I hadn't switched over because I didn't feel like I deserved it because I didn't pass enough to myself and I felt like a lot of my early transition was that I think that's probably the same for a few people especially people that have like have like had a history with like anxiety and stuff and like coming through that and sort of like I still had that a little bit even when I changed my name proper because I always sort of want uh, so I had this idea for a while that I'd like change my name to Evie because I always really liked that name but I always never felt that I was cute enough to deserve it and I still sort of think that only because like I've changed my name now and I'm happy with it. But like, there's still a part of me that's like, oh yeah, you're not cute enough for this idea of yourself. You never like. It's weird. <laughs> I'm sort of admitting to some like heavy stuff here, but I feel like for a lot of, I still a lot of the time feel like I don't deserve a lot of the stuff that I'm getting, and I don't. I'm not feminine enough or cute enough or pretty enough on that stuff. And especially when like, you know, you see a picture of someone you just happen to look really terrible in it. And then for the rest of the day, I'm there like, oh, you don't deserve this. You know, you're really like, just go back and you, you look a troll. Go like, go eat the top of Ben and Jerry's and cry. You know? <laughs> it wasn't yeah. that bad. It wasn't that bad the last couple of days. But like, oof, it's still heavy sometimes. And like, I still like, I still like worried. Like, I'm not like cute enough and things like that. And like, especially because my shoulders are still broad. And I've got like quite a large frame now from first puberty. And it's like. Where you, most people are their own worst critics, and yeah. I feel like that comes doubly if you're trans. Oh yeah, definitely. We're we're constantly worried about how other people see us, and and rightfully so. We sh- we should be because it's not a safe world that we live in. Like being gender ambiguous, like you know, I, I fully acknowledge that there are places in the world where people like us are just killed straight up, and it's government yeah. sanctioned even fucking chechnya for example um yeah russia fucking stop killing people please you've done enough yeah just stop stop that thing that you're doing um (laughs) so there's absolutely good reason for us to be freaked out and looking over our shoulder and very concerned about our appearance like you are absolutely right in pegging those things as being quintessentially safety related yeah And, and it's tough to it's tough to get yourself out of it because you feel like you did something weird or you did something wrong. Mm. But it's not you. It's you were assigned to the wrong gender at birth. Like, literally, <laughs> that, is the, that is the only thing that is wrong with your life. And it has nothing to do. It's like feeling bad for being alive. Like, you didn't make that decision. But people still feel bad for being alive. Yeah. Oof. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I feel like this this episode's been a bit therapeutic for me. It's been pretty... Really? <laughs> just aired some things out. 
It's good, yeah. It's better than, like, <laughs> dissociating, which is, like, half of yeah. the episodes for me. Yeah. <laughs> These are the questions that the therapists never ask you. They get in and they're like, hey, cat, did you tell your dying grandparent that you're trans? And I'm like, no, because they're dying. Yeah. And then, like... <laughs> I don't need to give them the heart attack that kills them. Like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing my PhD still. Like, oh, what's that? And I tell them, they write that down again. And like, oh, you're not a psychopath. I'm like, I know. And they're like, and then I'm like, hey, where's my surgery? And they're like, I'll get on it. And then I leave. Cool. <laughs> That's how it goes. I get this feeling like therapy isn't very good over there. Or maybe it's, it's just not- the gender therapy. <laughs> It's just a gender clinic, I think, because they, they basically have to be still be psychologists, even when it's clear that you're, they know exactly what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. So they're going in and they've got this man. There's a point just to keep things moving and to set things in the right direction. But this is just. Because uh. <laughs> yeah. I do all my I'll do all my hormone stuff through my like by talking directly to my endocrinologist now. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like I'm relying on them for that. I'm just trying to get funding for NHS shit. I got I got this lovely letter from a funding board about laser hair removal the other day. Um, it says that the treatment for laser hair removal is considered part of the core service of the gender clinic, so they're not going to give me any money. Although, the gender clinic sent me a matching letter saying that um, they don't do any of it, and it's provided by these people. And this is how bureaucracy works here, folks. <laughs> Everyone's trying to pass it on to someone else, and eventually just have to pay out of pocket and this is the conservative world we're living in. Uh, there's it's a general like election really good. soon. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing really good with the socialized health care. And then, who is it, the Tories? Is it the Tories that fuck shit up? The Tories, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kaiser Permanente is really angling to get to take over the British market. They're gonna, like, as soon as it's privatized, there's people like in governments actually talk to heads of Kaiser. Like... I'm fucking terrified. Like, if if that happens before I've got my surgery, I'm going to be so pissed off. I'm going to be completely honest and tell you that the only time I've ever heard of Kaiser Permanente was in the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I have no fucking idea what it is. <laughs> I think they're a, they're a healthcare provider. Okay. <laughs> in the U.S., like a health insurance company. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember fucking anything from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, honestly, apart from, like... <laughs> Jason Segal had his wanger out for a bit. Yeah, twice, in fact. Twice. Twice, um, a, twice a seagull wanger. I love that movie, like, to an extent that there was one day where I was chilling with my partner and we fucking literally watched it four times in a row. <laughs> like, it ended, and we were like, what do we do now? Like, do you want to watch that movie again? Fuck yes, I do. Like, that was the whole day. I mean, it's pretty good. I prefer I prefer Superbad myself. But... Oh, that's a great movie, too. I just... It was a lot younger when it super came bad. out. Superbad, my, my favorite movie. It is. <laughs> I, I need to watch that again. There's a lot of stuff that's been coming up lately that I'm like, shit, I need to watch that again. But then I remember that I am woke now and that when I go back <laughs> to watch things that were funny five years ago, they are not funny anymore. Yeah, don't watch How I Met Your Mother now. <laughs> oh, God, I hated that shit even while I was watching it. Like, I don't know, I don't know why I, I stayed watching it. It was a love-hate relationship. It, yeah. It's like you love Neil Patrick Harris so much that you, you you can see him play a womanizer and still be like, he is the best human being I've ever seen. Mm. I don't know. I just I love it. I, I've never heard anyone say woke unironically like before. 
I was not entirely unironic there because I recognize <laughs> that it's African American vernacular and that technically I shouldn't say it. Not stay woke. Stay woke. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's Childish Gambino. Oh, ah, I haven't heard any. Have of you his seen Get Out? In it's time. in the, It's in that movie. Have I seen Get Out? No, I haven't not. I don't. Think Everyone so. should see Get Out. It's fucking fantastic. Oh, I gotta write a note so that I'll remember. It's got nothing to do with trans people. It's just a really fucking good movie. Okay. It's shot by um, Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. Get Out. Oh, I love Key and Peele. Yeah, and it's got Daniel Kaluuya, who was in um, the best episode of Black Mirror, and um, Skins and things like that. He's a cool actor. I like that guy. Cool. He's another one of our British black people we keep sending over to America to talk in American accents. Yeah. Chris <laughs> Elba doesn't talk in an American accent in anything, does he? I, he's got to, right? I can't. I mean, he sounds... I bet he, do, he will in the Dark Tower, I imagine. Isn't that Thor? What? The Dark Tower? I'm sorry. I was like, I don't know what the Dark Tower is. Is that the next... The Dark Tower is based on the Stephen King book, the, guns, the Dark Tower, the Dark Tower series. Oh, okay. Uh, the Gunslinger. I don't I really like the drawing of the three. So. Oh, wait, 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 what? I think he's a terrible writer. You fucking take that back right now. It's not coming back. <laughs> it's out there forever. <laughs> no, take that shit right back. I'll give you that his endings are usually atrocious, but the rest of the book is real good. I've read several of his books and, and like, tried to get into it, and I'm like, eh, whatever. Okay. We can't we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> okay. There's That's not one... true. That's not true. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> there is a book that I no, never mind. That wasn't Stephen King. That was Michael Crichton who wrote the Jurassic Park books. I was about to say that there was one book about nanotechnology that definitely had a horror streak in it that I thought was Stephen King and now that I'm reflecting on it, no, it was actually Michael Crichton. Yeah, I don't think Stephen King's already done any sci fi. Someone's going to correct me, but, like, <laughs> you don't have to send me an email to correct me, so there we go. You send one in, you probably get it read on the podcast, and then you can... Re- I will take the corrections if it means we get emails on this fucking show. Yeah, really. Like, <laughs> we should just start saying things that are wrong, and we know that they're wrong. Yeah, we should. Just to get people to click and comment. <laughs> just, just make just people really mad on purpose. Make the whole thing fucking clickbait. Do it right now. <laughs> our our one our one episode when we finally address the whole two genders thing, we should just have the whole episode be a spoof where we're arguing that there are only two genders. Oh, that'd be real good. <laughs> <laughs> so many people would be mad, and I would feel really bad about it. If we if we put in the description that it's satire, they can't complain, right? That's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Someone is wrong on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> do two releases same day first one is an hour long arguing against binary non-binary binary gender and then release the second episode where we're talking about how that is bullshit yeah i, I just want to point out that you almost said non-binary gender i think this is how it should be it's like either you're bernie sanders or you're nothing non-binary non-binary gender that's not even two genders that's one gender and it's bernie sanders <laughs> he gets his own He's got his own category. Everyone's Bernie Sanders, really. You know, people say, like, oh, you're either a boy or a girl. There's nothing between that. It's like, no, we're all Bernies. <laughs> we're all Bernie bros. <laughs> we all feel the burn. Hashtag feel the burn. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs>
what I was going to say, I think at some point, was the whole thing about changing wardrobes is the whole the thing thing to remind to remember is what you should remember with most transition if you can. It's kind of harder in the UK, but to move at your own pace and to do what you're comfortable with. Don't feel pressured into switching it all straight away or don't feel pressured into feeling like you have to do it gradually because someone else wants you to sort of take it easy on them on the world and make it easier for, oh, make you your aunt's old, you know, don't don't wear a skirt in front of her. No, do whatever you're comfortable with. If you're dying to go full-time, then go full-time. Just keep in mind the safety concerns. I'm sure you're very well aware because no one wants to die. Yeah. And like... <laughs> going at your own pace is something that I've always sort of wished I could have done more I mean I did for the most part but there's certain parts of my transition that were really rushed and like if you can fucking do what you're comfortable with because God knows this is a hard enough process anyway without you being rushed or sort of slowed down yeah you you were really forced you in, know in into a position where you had to update your wardrobe because of how things work with the NHS over there yeah I mean, I, I didn't like, start hey, Dad, wearing buy me some Axe deodorant. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't start wearing like women's clothes full time until I felt like it because I can. I I would wear that from time to time, but like I didn't go. I decided. I decided when I wanted to go full time. Like, I still had women's clothes, and I would go on fem to NHS and stuff, and I would wear them when I wanted to feel comfortable. But that's the one thing I could decide is when I wanted it literally all the time. Yeah. And. At that point, I just needed to. And I felt that's the point. Like, at a certain point in your transition, like, especially if you're very binary, you're going to feel like you need to start switching over. And yeah. fucking, when you feel that coin, don't don't ignore it. Don't suppress it, because that'll make you sad. Just fucking do it. Make yourself happy, you know? It's hard enough to find things you enjoy, to, to find, like, a job and shit you enjoy. If you if you know you're going to make you also make a, like, a life change that you could, that's going to make you feel fucking better, go do it. Treat yourself. Have a good time. Don't let yourself down just because you don't want, you know, your grandma with dementia who's going to die to maybe know, maybe see that you've got longer hair, you know. Yeah. Just generally do what whatever is going to make you feel comfortable and whatever is going to make you feel safe. I wanted to quickly touch on, uh, like, what about, what about accessories? Gen- gendered type accessories? Like, I don't know, scarves, makeup, cosmetics wigs like what did you have anything that you added to your wardrobe aside from just literally like the clothing aspects or like jewelry makeup yeah makeup's obviously a big big thing um generally i got a lot of that stuff from my ex but like it's not the same a lot of you discovering what makeup you need to use is kind of trial and error and sort of having cis girlfriends that it will help and things like that, but uh, eventually, like you, a lot uh, when you, when you if you haven't done like enough laser sessions or things, you got like a very dark beard. One of the big motivating factors is to sort of cover that shadow because it help really does help with passing, especially early on. And I feel like that's all I ended up getting like things like concealer and foundation and things like that. But a lot of me changing that was based on like recommendations from my my ex and stuff, and like being like, oh, this foundation's really good, you should try it. And I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is real good. And experimenting and watching YouTube tutorials and stuff. Um, there's loads of links on Reddit if you search for them for, like, fucking big makeup tips for beginners and things like that. No one can tell you what you makeup you should wear. If you want to wear makeup, go do it. Um, expensive stuff will last longer, but I wouldn't recommend getting that to start with because 
you're going to fuck up, especially in the beginning, and especially with eyeliner because it's just fucking poking you in the eye multiple times. And yep. it's going to make you cry, and it's going to make you twitch. And I would not recommend buying a fucking MAC eyeliner to start with. That's a terrible idea. Get some shitty Asda one, or a Walmart one, or whatever your local supermarket is, and practice using those. And then once you're semi-competent with those, then you can give me the more expensive ones that last longer and look nicer. Um, there are loads of you, there are like millions of fucking YouTube videos about how to use makeup. Pay attention to those if you're interested. Um, you can do some pretty cool things with it once you get used to it. I don't. I'm not that experimentation. Experiment. Experimentations. I'm not that experimental with it. <laughs> I usually just like wear, have a like basic look that I go with when I feel like wearing it. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, all you really need like a simple makeup look is like foundation. Um, eyeliner, mascara, um, maybe a bit of blusher. I tend to have like eyeshadow sometimes and like highlighter and things like that. Um, concealer if you've got like a lot of spots or um, if you really have a hard time covering up the beard shadow, some people recommend putting like orange foundation and stuff or like something orange colored over your shadow and then going foundation over it because it cancels out sort of the blues of the hair. I haven't found that worked so much for me, maybe because like my hair's just so fucking coarse. But I've heard it recommended. Um, so, yeah, that's a whole to-do. Brush is also a big thing. Makeup's just a fucking mess. And, like, yeah. it's so complicated. But so many people do it that, you know, it's a thing you people can do. And people don't... Cis girls don't grow up and then, like, immediately know how to use it. Like, everyone has to fucking learn if you want to yeah. use it. It's a growing it's process. A hard... Exactly. And most people, like, when they get to adulthood, they're still learning stuff about it. If you really want to know, there's loads of YouTube tutorials... Um, there's loads of like Reddit posts about it. Go nuts, experiment, find what makes you happy. Don't doesn't matter. Like at so at the beginning, you're gonna wear too much of pretty much everything. You'll get used to that. Especially the lipstick is really hard to overdo, really easy to overdo. Sorry. Um, I always liked necklaces. Like I always sort of liked having like little accessories. Just the necklaces, really. I I, I pierced my ears, but I'm not really that bothered about earrings. I've got a couple of them, mm-hmm. but I'm not as bothered with them and like nail polish and shit as I am about I just like a good necklace I usually the one I usually wear is just an ammonite you know near the fossil uh, fossil mollusk and I wear that on my neck because I'm a paleontologist and like to wear it on my sleeve and I think it's super cool um I've got this silver battle axe that my that was my grandma's that passed on to my mum and my mum gave it to my girlfriend at the time and said um this has been passed down through my family through the women and I don't have any daughters so you can have it and I was like fuck you and I took it, yeah. and I wear it, and it's like my fucking favorite necklace. Um, yeah. Necklaces are a lot harder to gender, actually. Like, they're, they're like, once you wear it with a... Fe- if you wear like a, ne- a pretty necklace the female outfit, it will sort of help. But it's one of these things, actually, that if you wore one with like a male outfit, no one would give you any shit for it. Like, loads of guys wear like fucking like crucifix necklaces and shit, like proper like metal ones that would like otherwise be fairly girly if it was anything else. Yeah, it depends on what is on it, like... There are, like, you know, the really douchey uh, shell necklaces that dudes would wear in, like, the 90s? <laughs> like, j- jewelry can be expressed different, like, gendered-wise. And like you said, yeah. there are a lot of men who wear crosses or dog tags even, stuff like that. Yeah. I used to, when I was presenting mail, I had a dog tag one. I had, like, a bullet and shit like that. All like, shit, macho shit. Um, you and I grew up in the scorpion. age of Hot Topic. <laughs> we did, but we didn't get a hot topic over here, so I can't really use that as an excuse. <laughs> well, you've got Spencer's though, don't you? Spe- what's this? What Spencer's? It's 
roughly equivalent to Hot Topic, but there's they also have sex stuff. Uh, so I'm guessing that, that the answer is no. <laughs> we have we have pulp, but I've not really got like anything like. I didn't really sell necklaces. I don't know. I just like necklaces. I like them a lot. <laughs> That's fair. Um, scarves are good if you want to. If you're really, really nervous about your shoulders at the beginning, because it sort of draw your attention away from your frame and onto sort of the neck area. Mm-hmm. Um, they can make you look like twenty years older than you are if you wear them <laughs> weirdly. And depends you on what do they it are. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to fail to fold them right and things like that. I wouldn't recommend a scarf unless you like really it really suits you because it can be sort of weird. Um if you wear if you got like love bites around your neck from a particularly hot encounter, um mm. scarves can help. Uh, <laughs> or, or alternatively, if you've got really long hair, just straighten it and put like really close to your neck. <laughs> like, yeah. I I just use scarves as a stand in for like accessories in general, like uh hairpins and anything like that just uh, yeah. just any type of thing that you accessorize with you um <laughs> heavens could be good i'm not i don't really use them because i'm not that experimental with my hair and also like it just it's just gonna come out i've got quite i got fairly straight hair so i don't really that looks like a fairly standard thickness so i don't really need to keep it away from anything um i tend to just put th- i tend to just put my hair like either in a ponytail with some bits sticking out at the side to make it look more girly or just straight down usually the former because i'm working um, skin stuff, bath stuff is always coming in. Perfume is lasts a lot longer than cologne. So if you're buying that, that's a thing. Interesting. Like, eau de parfum is like what perfume is, and it lasts super long compared to like cologne and eau de toilette and stuff like that. There's a scale of how long they last for and how diluted they are. So you can look that up if you want to know. Yeah, it's based on how much alcohol is in the mixture, right? Yeah, I think so. Like it evaporates off after a while. Yeah. I like using colognes with, like, an essential oil as the base instead of alcohol. Yeah. Also, if you're growing your hair out the first time, you will probably need a blow dryer. Get a hair dryer. If it, like, maybe if you have curly hair, it might be a bit more difficult, but, like, blow dryer, like, hair dryer, straighteners, hairspray, dry shampoo for when you're not washing your hair. Um, a lot of that stuff's really useful and just, like, so much easier. You get, like, a big can of these things for, like, usually, like, five to ten pounds, and they last you for fucking ever. Also, if you're not, like, if you've never had long hair before, you need to condition that shit. Like, it's really easy to have, sh- when you have short hair, just, like, throw some shampoo in there and go. But, like, long hair is, like, more difficult. It takes ages to dry, and, like, you do need to condition it, and, like, every, and you shouldn't wash it every day either. You need to work out a way to keep it out your eyes and stuff like that. Buy a load of bubbles, or hair ties, whatever they're called in the US. Because you will go through them like fucking mad. They will go everywhere. You they call snap. them bubbles? Bubbles. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> you find that weird? I mean, I just had never heard it before. I'm like, it's a hair tie. Yeah, it's a hair tie. <laughs> or a scrunchie. But you will go through them. Yeah, yeah. Not the scrunchie one. I haven't got any of the scrunchie ones, just the regular ropey ones. Yeah. But like, you will, they will snap. And like, go buy big packs of loads of them because you will lose them. They will snap. They get, they go everywhere. Sometimes they get stuck in your hair if you particularly the hair that gets knotted really easily, like mine. Mm-hmm. Um, Cats will steal them. <laughs> I mean, I've not had that experience. I'm just saying, if the people out there have cats, cats will steal your hair ties. Why would Be the mindful. cat steal your hair tie? What have you done? The... It's a toy. It's it's basically like a rubber band. Oh, that's true. Like they just bat them around the floor and like 
like chew on them and then like chase them around and like knock them underneath your fridge and shit like that. Cats are weird. <laughs> they really like hair ties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted yeah, do you to do. Did you want to? Did you want to say? Did you want to transition to your kind of stuff? Because I feel like I just listed a bunch of shit. Like no, that's cool. Bl- yeah, boring blase way possible. That's all right. I was just gonna mirror basically what you just did. Um, yeah. I, I want to first off start by saying uh, that makeup is invaluable to trans people on every part of the spectrum because you can use makeup to create the illusion of a different face shape. So for trans women and trans feminine people, I cannot recommend Steph Sanyati more than I do now. Like, I, she's fucking amazing. She's on YouTube. It's uh, Steph with an F, and then Sanyati is S-A-N-J-A-T-I. And she's been doing makeup tutorials since before she even knew that she was trans, and she's got a re- really great video on, like, feminizing... Uh, your face with makeup and this was before she had FFS so she created the like illusion of a of a smaller framed face by using makeup and I was surprised to learn that you can do exactly the same thing with trans men even though you know trans men are trying to distance themselves from makeup and so maybe don't want to wear it but there are tutorials on YouTube I can't think of any specific person but there are tutorials to use shadows or the illusion of shadows to make your face appear more angular and more masculine so really it's a tool that can be used effectively for anyone who wants to give an impression of a different face shape yeah contouring Uh, if you can get really good at it is really good for that i don't understand it it seems super complicated but i've heard it does wonders if you can use it right and you yeah it's phenomenal the effects can be just you know how different someone can look with no makeup on Versus once they've done their contouring, it's like, holy shit, like, what happened to your face? <laughs> like, not yeah. in a bad way, but like a did-you-just-do-something-drastic-to-your-face kind of way. Yeah. Uh, and then, a- accessories-wise, uh, I I never really have been big on jewelry. Uh, and I, I say that, and people always point out that I have body jewelry, to which I say, not the fucking same. Like, I have plugs in my ears. I don't have to fuck with them, ever. I I don't even particularly like to wear rings, even though I'm married. I've, I have my wedding ring. I finally found it after it was gone for, like, a year and a half. And I wear it sometimes, but then I'm like, it just bothers me. It uh, It's a sensory issue. It bothers me to have things dangling off of me or yeah. anything like that. So I've never really been that big into jewelry, except for body jewelry. So I have like snake bites and then I have my belly button pierced which I did not take out I am totally not worried about that I like having it mm. uh I one weird thing you know the the plastic it, like the bands that used to be really really popular that would like say something on them and they're like like a centimeter well, the wide Jesus do things. <laughs> yeah like stuff like that or like the placebo Oh, or, or uh, yeah, yeah, like Live Strong and shit like that. Yeah, exactly, the Live Strong type things. For some yeah. reason, when I have a bunch of those on my wrist, it makes my hands and arms feel more masculine and more muscular, which is weird. Oh. I have no fucking idea why, but it does. So that I can deal with. It doesn't bother me so much. Um, 
How about shoes? Did you have to buy new shoes? Like, did you buy heels or flats? I have been especially lazy with shoes, actually. I'm a, I've got very wide feet, and I'm a size 10. Um, so, like, that's pretty hard to buy in women's. Like, most fucking shops do not sell at size 10. Like, most of them go up to size 9 at the most. Um, if you got, like, if you're a trans woman with a fucking large feet, you probably, you might have to order your shoes online. I used Long Tall Sally, got some very nice boots. They're about to die, but I got them. Generally, like, gen- like Converse and Vans are always gender neutral. So if you can find, like, some nice Converse and Vans in your size and you don't mind them being androgynous, get some, because you're going to want some fucking comfy shoes. Um, you can put together some sexy femme outfits with Chucks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dot Martens, if you're a lesbian. Good, good stuff. Um, <laughs> but um, only if you're a lesbian. You can't have it otherwise. <laughs> That's the rules. Sorry, I don't make them. Um, we all bow to Ellen DeGeneres. I just arbitrarily you know. enforce them. Sorry. <laughs> um, I wouldn't buy high heels only because I'm fucking 5'11 anyway and I don't want to, like, kill myself right. by being like, by banging into fucking door frames and shit. <laughs> like, a five-inch heel on me would make me 6'4 and I'm not really that into that. 6'3. If you six, were into four, the drag six, scene, four. that would be perfect. Yeah, I would, and lots of people are. Um, anyone could be a drag. Yeah, some cis women are drag queens as well. I don't feel like you know you have to like stop being doing drag if you if you did drag before and you t- and you transition. Um, cosplayers, cr- people who like cross dressing sometimes, you know, keep doing the costumes after. Why not? It's fun to dress up. Um, and also, like you, you can you can have a tall girl in heels and they look great. It's that I don't want to be that tall girl in heels. Um, totally fair. Yeah, um, I need to get more shoes, honestly. Like, like it's hard. It's much, much harder when you've got, like, big feet because shops just assume you don't. Ha- you don't. And some of them, you can't even order them online. So it's really hard, and you just have to sort of guess, and you, can, you, know, you might have to do a bit of return of, like, ordering and returning to the store. But it is possible, and there are, tall, there are shops out there for tall women. There's Long Tall Sally, there's Evans, there's a bunch of stuff like that. So there are places that will cater to you because it's not just trans women who have large feet. But, um, yeah, and I know I've heard, like, some, like, some trans guys and stuff have a similar sort of problem with, like, having stuff that's, all the stuff that's too small, and so a lot of people have to shop the boys section and things like that. Yeah, but. I definitely have that problem. Well, I, I have a sort of unique problem with finding shoes in that I have been wearing Vibram five-finger-toe shoes for basically, okay. like, the last six or seven years, um... I wear regular but, shoes occasionally, but the thing is that it changes the shape of your feet. They have toes in your shoes. Yeah, did you not know about That's a toe fucking shoes? revelation. I'll send you a link um, oh. in a little bit. But yeah, like <laughs> it's it's like toe socks, but they're shoes. And they're they're originally meant for like running or hiking, exercise, that kind of thing. But I just started wearing them all the time because I found that there was a huge benefit to my balance and agility and there's also something really nice about being able to like grip the ground with your feet and like grip Mm. the edge of the stairs as you're walking down like I feel like I'm in way more control when I'm driving when I'm wearing toe shoes so the thing is like if you wear normal shoes your whole life and especially women uh because women's feet are like fucking the shoes are like so skinny like it forces your foot to become malformed Oh, yeah. Because, like, if you've ever seen pictures of a person who's never worn shoes before, their toes are spread out almost as far as you can spread out the fingers of your hand. 
So is that true? Wow! It, like, l- just look up like Aboriginal people's feet. Like, it's literally like ridiculous. Um, so the shape of my feet has changed to a point where, like, not only do I have difficulty finding a style of shoe that I like in the men's section that is also my size, but I typically have to buy a size higher to account for how wide my feet are because my feet are much more, uh, like, not flat in, in the sense that the arch of my foot is in any kind of danger, but the the wide part, like, right before your toes actually start, it's way too wide for, like, I, I couldn't even wear Chucks, Converse's, before yeah. I was wearing toe shoes. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have, like, small feet, long ways, but they're quite wide at just the wrong place. So I have to like order online and I can't, I cannot stress the amazingness of ordering online. Like, I mean, it sucks in some ways cause you never know what you're going to get, but mo- if you have <laughs> a decent store will let you trade in for the correct size if you've done fucked up and gotten your sizing wrong, which, uh, yeah. funny, funny story. Um, I wanted for a while to put together like a sort of posh gentlemanly look, uh, because it seemed cool. And I went and bought yeah. a vest off of Amazon from a Korean company. And it was like, this is the small Korean man size. And I was like, great. That'll fit probably. Yeah. Uh, it fits my partner perfectly. <laughs> I need to get it taken in. <laughs> because it is too big for me. I was like, seriously, even Asian men... Like who are reportedly very tiny, like, yeah. like particularly Korean men are known for being relatively small framed men. And yeah, I was like, wow, even this Korean shit does not fit me. Yeah. So it's tough. It's a rough world out there. Shoes Learn how are to fucking seamstress. dumb. What do you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? So she just says shoes are fucking dumb when you think about it, which was the, the least profound thing I've ever said on this podcast. Shoes are fucking dumb. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Try to find a pair of Heelys for adults. I dare you. It's hard. Oh, that'd be so good. They, they do exist, though. We, uh, I Can think we get, even... you know how they had those, like, roller shoes? The shoes with, like, the wheels in? Are you talking Can... about Heelys? Are they the ones with the, with the wheels in? Yeah. It's it's the wheel on... I couldn't work out if you were talking about the ones with the wheels in or the ones that lit up when you hit the ground. Oh, I don't know what the fuck that's called, but no. <laughs> no. I'm talking about the ones that have the wheel uh, at the back part of the foot. Yeah. 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 I love Can those. we get, like, a 21st century version of those? It just, like, shoots out fucking, like, compressed air just to, like, blast you forward? <sighs> I don't know. I really like Heelys and how they work, but that's just because it makes me feel like a cool skateboarder because I never got <laughs> good at skateboarding. Does it make you feel rad and tubular? Yes, rad and tubular. <laughs> Check you later, dude. <laughs> I was doing the hand thing and everything just then. You couldn't see. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Will you like fucking Spike for the X-Men Evolution cartoon? <laughs> Yes, exactly like that. Yeah, all right. Okay, that's bas- That's going to do it for us, I think. Um, our music is Runaway by George Gerd. Check out his lovely sounds on Bandcamp. Buy his music. It's all good. Um, if you want to e- ask us a question, 
please do. We would like them, and we don't get any, and it makes me a sad panda. Um, go to the trans- email transatlanticpod at gmail.com. Ask us any old shit, and I'll try to answer it. it especially if it's a dumb... I was going to say even if it's a dumb question. Especially if it's a dumb question. Those are my favourite questions. Um, Twitter, transatl podcast. Uh, Facebook, transatlantic pod. Um, Patreon, if we ever get it, coming up. I need to check that out. Um, give us money. Give us all of your money. And... Give some to charity because they probably deserve it a bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm unemployed. Look at my Patreon. Oh yeah, G- give give Lux money on their Patreon because like that's super important. And if you want podcasts keep going, we need like two living co-hosts. That would be ideal. And so that'd be a real good start. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just I'll just die and abandon you to talk about the uh, the NHS. That'll be the whole podcast. Oh God. <laughs> People don't like it when I just talk about the NHS. Like, <laughs> it's too informational. I didn't talk enough dumb shit. Okay, we'll schedule some more dumb shit podcasts in the future then. That's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back in the NHS one. I'll just put some fucking, like, knob jokes in there. <laughs> we'll really make it work. Sounds perfect. Okay. <laughs> yes, that'll fix all our problems. Thank you, everybody, for um, listening. We appreciate you. We'll see you yeah, next time. We do. See you next time. Bye.